all right, now y'all going to have to help me. I told you, I've, I've been up since 2.30. If I go to sit down, just don't let me sit down. Just rebuke it. I'm scared if I sit now, I'm out. You know, I think we, uh, we all have gone through some times in our life where <clears throat> it seems like the, the bad things overshadow us. Um, maybe even sometimes you, you may feel that, you're, that you are walking in the valley. And this, uh, this valley that David's talking about, the scripture that we're going to go into, it's, he's talking about this valley, man. It's, it's set up with cliffs of rocks. It's, it's really deep. It's, it's real dense. It's, uh, it's good for predator animals. How many of you know the last thing you need to, the last thing that you need to know when you're in a valley is that there also may be a predator after you while you're there. And uh, he don't always get you at the top of your game. He comes at you when you're at the lowest point of your game. See, he has to attack you in your weakness. If he attacks you in your strength, he knows that you're going to beat. But if he can get you in your weakness, you'll be like the rest of us and you'll fail. So stay on your A game. Don't ever let the, what they, what they say, don't, don't, don't let them see you cry. Um, don't let them see your pain. Don't let them see you hurt. Show, show the strength. And I, and I think we, we need to learn that as Christian people to be able to show the enemy our strength. And too many times we take on, we take on our own stuff and uh, we take on our own and we, we want to show, we show the enemy us. I can do this and I can do that. And, and when in reality, it's not you that's doing anything. It's the strength of God in you that sustains you when you need it the most. So if you've got your Bible, so let's go to Psalms chapter 23. And yes, you've already, you don't probably don't even have to turn there. You can probably quote it. But I bet you haven't heard it like this. Y'all do remember Joshua, right? You've not gone this way before. Psalms 23. Yep, and I studied long and hard for this one right here, Tommy. This, this title that you got this morning, I, I labored. The Lord is. That's your title. So you can write that down in your book. If you forget it, just go to Psalm 23 and you'll get the title again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, or better, I'm without need. <laughs> because the Lord is. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores 
my soul. Anybody ever felt weak inside and God restores? This message might, might not be for everybody. Y'all might be too strong for me to preach to this morning. You, you may be at the top of your A game and you've, you've never been beat down. You have no worries in your life. You're not stressed or concerned about anything that's going on around you, in you, beside you, before you might not be the one for this one. So, I mean, you can always just excuse yourself, go get some ice cream or something, and you can watch it later when you need it. Right now, I need it. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of his righteousness. Oh, for his name's sake, not for yours. See, we, we get confused. We, we tie a lot of things that take place in this word for our benefit. It's just, it's, it's not for our benefit. If, if, you want to, if you want to flourish in this life, you have to be willing to do it for the kingdom's sake and his name's sake. That's what the Bible says. Because he says anything that I sacrifice now, anything now that I'm willing to give up for his name's sake and the kingdom's sake, he'll return it to me a hundredfold in this life. We're always looking for the benefit. Just look for the overflow. Seek him first. He'll add the rest of it to you. But we want to look for that stuff first. And then, well, God, I'll praise you when I... See, it's easy to praise God when he's... Oh, it's easy to give when God's given. But can you give before God's given? Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to sacrifice for his namesake? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you're with me. <laughs> your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's hard to think that your rod would comfort Spare the rod, spoil the child. Now you know what rod means. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is 
You know, it's kind of ironic that I find David throwing the Lord and the shepherd so closely together. See, David's not talking about the lonely shepherds that were watching their flock by night. He said the Lord. (laughs) Okay, you'll, you'll understand it in a minute. When we say the Lord, that means we're talking about the king. We're talking about the one who has all power in his hands. The earth is his footstool. Everything that was made was made by him. And without him, nothing was made. Everything comes from him. Everything is provided through his hands. He allows. So that, we're talking about the Lord. The one that's powerful. Almighty. All-knowing. He is Lord. He lords over our lives. He is Lord. Not only is he Lord... But somehow David found that even though I call him Lord, he is still able and capable of bringing himself to such a lowly place that he can minister to even me. Man, aren't you glad that we serve a king that has been where you and I have been, or are. Because now he, David says, I see, I see the Lord, but I also see my shepherd. One that I can rely on, one that will keep me. One that will, he'll nurture me, he'll take care of me, he will guard me. Aren't you glad that you've got a shepherd that will guard you at night? You know, they used to talk about these shepherds back in the day when they would guard their flocks. They would typically round their their flocks up into a corner or into a cleft of a rock. And the shepherd would sleep at the entrance. He would lay at the entrance, guarding his flock by night. Aren't you glad that that is when you go to sleep? You can think about it tonight. I'm, I'm going to think about it this afternoon. But when you think about it tonight, and God has corralled you, and you're all nestled in your bed, Charlie, with sugar plums dancing in your head. It's getting about that time. And you're nestled in your bed. You ought to be able to rest knowing that the Lord is your shepherd. He has gathered you. He has put you to the side And he has stretched himself. You're going to understand before it's over that the Lord is. I don't care what it is you need. The Lord is. I'm just thankful this morning that I have a shepherd that is also my Lord. See, one that not, he's just not the little subtle shepherd that's laying out, that's shaking and scared. He's the Lord. He fears no one. But yet he is in a position that he can humble himself and stretch himself across the opening 
to guard you at night. See, that kept you from going out and wandering. Oh, like so many of us do. I wish. I wish that he would lay across that entrance on me all the time. Not just when I'm going to sleep. But he lays himself there, keeping me from going out in the night. Getting away from his protection. Guarding me. Keeping away the evil from me while I rest. The Lord is. He's everything you need. He should be all that you ever want. Boy, if we could live our life that way. I wonder how many of us would stop wavering between two opinions. If we could understand that all we ever needed was him. Hmm. Talking about a sovereign ruler. Taking up a, a small position such as a shepherd. If you would want anyone to protect you or watch over you, wouldn't it be one that could? <laughs> I wouldn't want, Mike, just any shepherd. I, see, oh, if I need a bodyguard, I don't want just any bodyguard, Mike. I got to have... I want somebody that knows, somebody that's able, capable. I don't want just any, but see, a lot of us are relying on what the world offers. And we're, called, we're trying to call him Lord, but we really want to stay rabbi. But we're trying to call him Lord and let the world be our shepherd. Our job is what keeps us. Our home is what keeps us. Our spouses is what fulfills us. But the Lord, I would much rather say the Lord is my shepherd. He is my keeper. He is my provider. He is my protector. I want to get to where I want to go on this. So I'm going to jump to verse 4 real quick because it's, Yea, though I walk, through the valley of the shadow of death. A lot of the times we allow the shadow to be intimidating. Have you ever seen, used to be on a cartoon, I forgot what cartoon it was now. It was one of those ones that was so bad they took off the air, but yet they talked that man can be woman and woman can be man. Now, I mean, it just really made a whole lot of sense to me that you would take a cartoon out of the picture. But anyway, don't get on that tangent. But there was a shadow. Man, I wish I remember the cartoon. I can see the shadow. It's, it's on the wall like this. And then it's just this little old thing. I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was a Tom and Jerry thing or I don't know what it was. But it was just a little, little old creature. But the shadow that it cast 
It was intimidating. It made it look like a big monster. And scared away its enemies. Can I tell you that's how the enemy works on you? He casts a shadow that feels as though it's overwhelming us. This problem, it's a, it's a shadow. This problem is so big. It's this shadow. This, it, this situation is so big. This circumstance is so big. And if we could only see what was casting. Can I tell you that the enemy... He says he's, he's, he's roaming around like a roaring lion, right? Like. He didn't say that he was. It's that, uh-oh, there's that shadow. It's a little mouse, and he's casting this shadow like a roaring lion. And if you knew it, you could just crush his little head. Put your foot in his neck. That's what the Bible says. Put your foot in his neck. See, the Bible's got everything you want, man. It's got sob stories and romance novels, murder scenes. It's got all of it there. But here's the enemy casting this dark shadow over your life. And it causes you to run. Because your, your understanding of the shadow isn't really the representation of what's casting it. It's just of what the shadow looks like. It appears to be as if you're not going to make it. It appears as if the diagnosis is too bad. The Lord is my shepherd. This shadow, I wonder how many of you walk with it. I'm not talking about the cloud by day and the fire, but I'm talking about the shadow of the enemy that over, overpowers you, causes you to think differently, causes you to react instead of act, causes you to, to back up instead of go forward. Causes you to sit down instead of stand up. Anybody ever fought that shadow? They call it shadow boxing. You know, when the fighter's out there. Don't ask me how I know. I don't know. But shadow boxing. I mean, that's what we look like when we're fighting the enemy. We're swinging with everything we got because it's. And we don't understand that the Lord is my shepherd. There, there, there's something about the Lord being my shepherd that should settle all of our nerves, all of our anxieties, all of our worries, all of our depressions, all of our desires for more of the world. I wonder this morning if the Lord is your shepherd or is he still the genie in the bottle? 
I'm going to rub him this week because I got an interview. I'm going to rub him today because my wife, my wife left five. I'm going to rub him today. The Lord is. As we go through these dark shadows and pass through some of the deepest and the loneliest seasons of our life. Because we're passing through the valley. And we don't recognize that the Lord is our shepherd. Protecting us and keeping us. I like how it went through when it said that we walk through. Can I tell you that some of your, your lowest points are to build you to your highest moments in life? I mean, I've told you a hundred times, you probably heard it a million times. You can't experience God at a higher level if you haven't experienced life at its lowest level. If you haven't been sick, well, no, you don't need, you'll never know him as your healer. If you've never been broke, you'll never know him as your provider. <laughs> if you've never been hurt, if you've never been lonely, if you've never had a want or a need. The Lord is. As we walk through with the assurance. That he remains consistent. Has God ever not done what he said he's going to do? Why should you think that he's going to start now? Had you forgotten that he was there last week, last month, two years ago? Oh, right when you thought it was over. <laughs> right, right, when you, right when you thought that the very life was being consumed. The Lord is my shepherd. Why when you don't have any more strength? I can't bear to go on anymore. I'm, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I can't do it. 3 o'clock in the morning, 3 30 in the morning. The Lord is my shepherd. He's, he's the one that will strengthen me because it says that I'm going to walk through. Yea, though I walk through, you're going to, listen, you're going to, he said you're going to walk through the valleys. Why do you think your life has to be on the top? The problem is how you think about what it is that you're going through. I'm getting ready to show you something because he broke something out and he wants us to understand. But our problem in, in most Christian people is our thought process never goes to the level in which he provides. We take God and we wrap him up in our finite mind. And if we don't see a possibility, we cancel God. 
when the pain hurts so much when I can't get him right at home I can't get her right at the job I can't get the kids to act right when, when I think that it's gone too far I cancel God I, I'm tired of the church thing I'm not going by it ain't doing the church any good it ain't doing my family any good this isn't changing my job and my life and, and we cancel God and then we think it's so much better. I'll caution you with a word of scripture. What does it profit a man? To gain the world and lose his soul. Family, it's not going to be fun and games. We've gotten... We've gotten deceived somehow with the gospel that's been tainted over generations. I'll just do, just do you, baby. You and God, God knows your heart. That's scary. Because he does know your heart. He knows your intent. He knows your desire. He knows your want. He sees your manipulations. So before you rattle off that, make sure you understand that. He does know your heart. And we've played God. And we've played God. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man says. That shall he also reap. But the Lord is. Thought I lost you, didn't you? The Lord is my shepherd. He remains consistent. He walks beside me in the high times and in the low times. He's there when I have it. He's there when I don't. And the word walking, <laughs> see, I don't know about you, but I, I used to try to run through the valleys <laughs> before I gained a little bit of weight. I run a little quicker. Now I got you for about six seconds, and after that, I'm going to have to sit down. And David describes it as walking. Through the valley. Resembling. Hmm, peace. No care. <laughs> he wasn't resting at his highest point. Did You do understand when he. Most theologians. Historians. All these. The scribes and all these people, they, they really believe that David wrote this psalm in the midst of him running from Saul. He wasn't at the top of his A game here. Yeah, he was anointed. But don't you know that when you're anointed, <laughs> the enemy don't like anointing. I'm going to teach you something this morning about anointing 
Most of you probably don't know. But he's, he's talking about the rest. I can go through the valley, but I can go through the valley with peace in my heart. Because the Lord is. <laughs> How many of you know that the shepherd's going to take some sheep on some uneasy trail? See, sheep, <laughs> sheep aren't the most intelligent animals. They're quite skittish. Very uneasy animals. When they go into territory that they've not gone in, they start getting a sense of fear, uneasiness. That's why he's got the staff. Let's keep it together, boys. Now we got dogs. Get them. <laughs> but it's just like us. We find ourselves walking through valleys that we weren't prepared for. We weren't ready for. We didn't know we're coming. And we walk through these uneasy spots in our life. But the Lord is. My shepherd. His rod and his staff, they, they'll comfort me as I go through this valley that I'm unsure... Or, I can, boy, if they could talk. Hey, bro, really? We got a good end this here. Can we take the other path? Get along. Doing this for a reason. Get along. Just keep, just keep going. I'm doing it for a reason. I'm, I'm getting you there. Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't go that. Get back over here. I know, I know, it appears that everything around you has overshadowed you. Just stay right here. I've got you. The Lord is my shepherd. David goes to affirm that God's provision are both constant and abundant. This constancy means we have them in every situation and every circumstance. I know we, we preach this because it, it preaches good that he prepares a table in the midst of my enemies, in the presence of my And boy, some pastors that get on that and you don't worry about your haters and God's going to, and blah, blah, blah. And they're going to preach you. They'll preach you to a happiness. And when you walk out. What if? Just consider. What are your enemies? It's going to take a man and a woman to actually admit their enemies. I'm going to challenge you here. Could your enemy be lust? Could your enemy be drugs? What's your enemy? Could your enemy be money? 
power? Y'all get where I'm going? But yet he'll prepare a table before me in the presence. See, I don't have to. I don't have to feed off of what's trying to feed me. The Lord is my shepherd. He'll prepare my table. I'm just asking you just to consider. Because see, we want to do we want to do exactly the opposite of what God wants us to do, and we want to attach people. When the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Y'all with me? Are you, are you tracking with me? See, we want to go after you. I don't want to go after what's got you. I'd rather call you Jezebel than to go after that haughty spirit that's on you. Well, I don't have no spirit. He's letting us know that no matter where we go and what we face in life, that he prepares a table. He takes care of it. He'll always provide, and it's constant. What? Best buffet in the world. It never, you ain't got to stay in the line, wait on the chicken. It's the best buffet ever. It's always full. God's never run empty on me. I don't know about you, but God's never run empty on me. Every time that I've gone back and said, God, I know, I, I know, but I, I need. He's always had something. Even at 3 o'clock in the morning. He's always had something. You don't catch. I didn't even wake him up this morning. I was amazed. Surprised. Surprised. He was probably surprised. But everything that you could ever desire. Everything that you could possibly ever need in life. He's put it on the buffet. How does that tend to my lust? Have you tried to have an intimate relationship with Christ? (laughs) Have you read Corinthians 13? Do you understand what it is to love? What's the one song? Don't love the one you want, but love the one you're with. Am I saying that right? I'm glad somebody can, you know, not everybody had to go through what we've had. They don't really understand a whole lot of that. And right here is where David turns on a light bulb for us. And he says that he anoints my head with oil. You want to know why so many of us fall to some of the things in the world that tempt us? 
It's because of our thought process, our ability to think. <laughs> oh, this would be good. There's a couple of words that's used in the Old Testament for anoint. Meshach, that is the anointing your head as, as we would do it. We would rub it on our finger and we would smear it on your head. Or, or they would take the, the horn of oil and they would pour out. That would be anointing with oil. That would be the Meshach. Like he did with Aaron. He anointed him. And it run from his head to his beard. To his garment. To the body. But that's not the word. That's being used. In this particular passage. Deshaun. 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 This is the word that they're using here. And what this word literally means is to make fat. Where are you going? Hang on. Remember the scripture where we talk about the anointing breaks yokes. What are some of your yokes in life? See, we all have yokes on us. But it's the anointing that breaks the yokes. That word used in that one was the same word that we're speaking of now. To make fat. To enlarge. He anoints my head with oil. He's giving you a fat head. He's given you the ability to think bigger. Than what you've been thinking. You've been thinking that you can't do it anymore. But yet the Lord is my shepherd. He anoints my head with oil. Oh, see, okay, that probably don't mean a whole lot. Let me add something to this right here. When they would burn the animals, the sacrificial animals, the fat of the animals that were burned, they treasured that. <laughs> that was the high point. That would put in our perspective the worth of his anointing on us. You're worth it, Charlie, that he would anoint your head with oil. He's seen the worth. So he allowed you the capabilities or the opportunity 
to think bigger than how you've been thinking. Don't mean much a lot right now still, I guess. I, you just, are, you, are you with me? Because our problem is we get stuck in our thinking. And God is wanting to do something more. But you will not allow him to do so. Because, well, dot, 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 blank, you fill it in. Well, I would go to church, but... I'm going to go ahead and poke a stick. I would go to church, but the government said we had to shut down. I'm going to poke a stick. I'll poke a bear. I'm tired. Listen. It's a difference when you say the Lord is my shepherd. He keeps you. He protects you. He guides you. He is my shepherd. Not you. Not you. Not you. Not you. He, the Lord. He's my shepherd. And see, if he's my shepherd... I shall not want. I'll lie down in green pastures and he'll restore my soul. See, all you do mostly is hurt me. <laughs> he restores me. Now, don't get offended. I'm not saying that all of you hurt me. Some of you do. Not all of you. I'm going to leave that little gray area there for you. What if he's talking about me? See, people are so fickle. Y'all's mind just worried. <laughs> he restores my soul. See, when this world has offered me pain and hurt, he restores my soul. Because the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me in the paths of his righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I'm going to walk through this valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Because <laughs> God's with me. And I know that his rod and his staff, they go comfort me. And see, even when I've got to face as much evil as I've got to face in this world, I don't have to worry about it because he's going to prepare a table for me. And he's going to say, come and eat here. Don't try fulfilling over there. That is temporary. This is eternal. I wonder how many of us turn to temporary. 
See, this is why we never have enough. This is why we can never get enough. This is why we're never happy enough. This is why our wives aren't good enough. This is why our husbands don't do enough. Because we're always constantly going to the world to feel what is voided in our life on purpose. And God said, I am the only one that will ever be able to fulfill that void. I created it in you to draw you to me. But you're over here trying to fill it up. Our anger drives us to alcohol and drugs. Our pain drives us to alcohol and drugs. And we're not showing people that the Lord is our shepherd. Why do you need the world so bad? What really does the world have to offer? Have you ever thought about it? I mean, man, I got stuck in ruts, man. Go. Going to work, coming home, getting something to eat, taking a shower, going to bed, gutting up, going to work, coming home, taking the same old mundane routine. <clears throat> and still finding myself empty. Still don't have enough. Still need more. And what I found out, I didn't have to go and chase all that. Because surely, surely goodness and mercy. Will follow me all the days of my life. That means it's going to tackle me. Every day. Run me over. See I don't know about you. But I enjoy that. I enjoy getting dust off and going. Hey goodness can you slow down. Hey mercy watch where you going. That's what it literally means. It means to run you over. It doesn't really mean to follow you. Hey, I'm back here if you ever need it. God's saying, I'm going to send them after you. I'm going to sick them on you. You ever been had a dog sick on you? I'm going to sick them. That's what daddy's doing. Because the Lord is. my shepherd is he yours is the Lord your shepherd is that where you go when life throws a curveball or do we run another way when the pain is too much to bear do we turn here or do we run another way? He said, I want to anoint your head 
with all. Because I want you to think bigger than you thought. Don't leave me out. Don't leave me out. Don't think that just because you're going in the valley, you're not going to make it out. I told you that you're going to walk through. We're coming out the other side. And I don't have to come out smelling like I did when I went in. I can come out fresh and new. Not a hair. I'm growing mine again. Not a hair on your head being singed. I'm growing mine out a little bit. I might have to come see. Get it, get it tightened up a little. Trimmed up. Get it lined up. Don't be laughing at me, Matthew. I wonder how many of us could use a little fattening in our head. I don't know why you looked at me like that, Dennis. I think we all could use a little. Maybe, we, maybe that ought to be our prayer today, Lord. Matter of fact, Facebook, we love you. Goodbye. Maybe that's what we do today. It's a good time to do it. It's a good time to do it. Do you find yourself not being able to think big enough for God? You got to make room. We serve a God that is able to do above and beyond. How many of you would like to get your head fat? God, make my head fat. Some of us got large heads. Some of us actually documented <laughs> medically. What if, what if God would just anoint your head today and give you an opportunity to think bigger? Not, not, don't get it confused. I'm not talking about thinking bigger of of what it is in life that you want. I'm talking about thinking bigger in your head what God can do in your life to take us to a place. To a place. Anybody ever, do you need to go to a place? I need to go to a place every once in a while. But a lot of what I want to go to, I can't go to because I don't think Big enough for God. Neither do you. Oh, no, you don't. Because the first thing you want to do, hey, pastor, can we counsel? Now, I shouldn't have said that. Debbie would have slapped me. I'm okay with that because that's what I do. And if you come and talk, I'm probably going to do that to you there anyway. I'm going to try to get you out of your box so you quit thinking about the things in life that have you oppressed and start thinking about the things that have you free. See, I, that's all I, all I do is try to work in your head. I don't want you to think like me, but I try to make you change your thinking. Change your stinking thinking. 
Life doesn't have to be where it's at right now for you if you're that disgusted with your life. Life can be bigger if you think bigger. Because God can move. Dude, I love it. I laugh sometimes. He's the one that told me that he was able to do above and beyond. I was the, he created me with a big imagination. Took me to another level. So now I go, can you do that? <laughs> hey, God, why don't we try this? See if this works. And he'll do it. See, it's not that God don't want you to have, because the Bible says that no good thing will he withhold. That means that mean he wants to pour it on you. Do y'all understand who, who's, who's your, who your daddy? Y'all, y'all know who's your daddy. Debbie says he owns a thousand cows on a hill. I said, no, nah, that's not the scripture, baby. It's all the cattle on a thousand hills. She went, same difference. I said, okay, baby. I love her. And I turned it off so y'all can't say nothing. If you say something, tell me to say, they lying, baby. I said, they lie on me all the time. They lie on me, they lie on me again. She'll believe me. Look, I'm gonna just I'm gonna do this. This ain't nothing. I ain't, I ain't gonna try to do nothing weird, nothing fancy. Just if you'll just crack the bottle, dip your finger. You don't have to do nothing crazy. I mean, we've been on this oil thing. We might as well just keep on, cause I don't know what's gonna happen with the oil. I just know it's fresh. But this is what we're gonna do. Well, I mean, just I'm not bringing you up front. I'm not making you go through nothing crazy. Just dip your, dip your finger in it, and then I'm going to just ask you to put it on your head. And we're we going to pray that God will anoint our heads. Make Charlie, give me a fat head today, Lord. Teach me, teach me to think bigger than what I think. Don't, don't allow my circumstances and all of my life, my situation, don't. Here you go. Here, this is very, this is very, very. It's it, we're perfectly fine. We're not on camera now, so they can't tell us how weird we are. What you looking for? You got more oil? No, it's only for tissues. What you want? T- you don't want to get no. You don't want to get your finger. Well, you gotta, <laughs> sweetheart. You gotta put it on your finger. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now just rake it off. Hey, look at there. Okay. Now you got just a little bit. See. She wants the whole thing. She wants a vat. Were you trying to throw it at me? I know you were. I was watching. Well, I'm glad this ain't recording. People actually see really what you're doing to me. See, I don't, I don't know about you. I don't, I don't know where you stand and where you rest in God. I just like sharing opportunity when God opened a window for me. And I like to share it with you. 
so that you too can possibly enjoy his goodness and his mercy. Because that's all he wants to do. He wants to put so much of him on you. And we count him out. We won't let him go but so far. And then when stuff turns upside down in our life, we go, well, God's not going to do it because, I mean, because we forgot. We forgot that the Lord is our shepherd. Aren't you glad that God is our shepherd? See, I don't, I don't, have, to, I don't have to worry about going to somebody else to be my shepherd and to supply for me and to to make sure that I'm okay, to make sure I've got food and I've got heat in my house. and I don't have to do that. See, I, I've got a daddy that's bigger than you. I've got, a, I've got a daddy that's bigger than anything in this world could ever offer me. And everything that this world offered me eventually goes away anyway. But what God has decided that he wants to offer us is an eternity. And it will never fade. The Bible says that the flower fade, the grass wither, but my word, <laughs> that the word's God, everything in God is all of creation because everything came out of him, and that'll never go away. I wonder how many of you love flowers and, and the different colors. Guess what? When you get to heaven, I bet you they're going to be there. Come on, God's got too much detail in him for us to think for one second that we're going to go up there and all it's going to be is a, just a blank thing of gold streets. You won't even be able to get to enjoy those because those are so clear because he says pure gold. Pure gold, you see through it. What you see in yellow gold is impurities. Real gold is clear. He loves you that much. 